girl, listen, this episode I have to talk to you about because it went much longer than I intended. It is probably one of the most vulnerable, definitely podcast episodes that I've done. It's probably the most vulnerable that I have been in a public setting. And so I want to tell you a little bit about how we're going to handle this episode and the next episode. I talk about this toward the end of the episode, but I'm sure when you came on and you saw that this episode was an hour or over an hour, you were like, girl, so this is what we're going to do. I am going to share the full episode with you right now. Normally I would break it up. I'm going to share the full episode with you right now. And this is episode 19. But for episode 20, when it's time for episode 20 next week, I'm going to come on here just like this, and I'm going to encourage you to come back and listen to this episode. So that way you really have two weeks to listen to this conversation. But don't forget to let me know your takeaways. Remember to subscribe to the channel. DM me on Instagram, honey. Let me know because I am putting myself out here. And I hope that it is not in vain. I hope that it blesses you and encourages you. Let's do our work, sis. Let's do our work. Hey friend, I'm Robin May and a few of the professional hats that I wear includes being a transformational speaker, a life coach, and a licensed therapist. And personally, well, I'm a wife, a mommy to three girls, and a pastor's wife, just to name a few. Girl, I'm over here doing all the things while trying to stay in shape and keep my skin clear. But the truth is, I don't want to be known for being busy. I think that's a scheme that somebody set up. No, I want to be known for living a life that is in perfect alignment with what God intended. And I want to help you do the same. So it's with that in mind, I'd like to welcome you right here to Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. Over here, we're creating a safe space to have real conversations with real women on real topics. This is a judgment-free zone where we can be vulnerable and honest and curious about our lives so that we can elevate not just what we do, but who we are. So if any of that resonates with you, again, welcome to our safe space. This is Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. I'm nervous. I know I'm starting off this podcast just being completely transparent and vulnerable. I'm nervous about this episode. This is a different type of episode for me. Um, Normally, I'm very, very clear about the topic. Um, I have written a lot of notes normally. I fleshed it out. It's something I've been pondering on normally. But this episode, I am just stepping out there. I want to share a bit more transparently than I normally do. Um, Now, y'all know I always say I share my crazy so you don't have to share yours. But I am careful how I share my stuff. I am wise enough to know that you don't put it all out there for public consumption. And so I'm very careful. And often I am sharing lessons and experiences that I have navigated through. Like I'm normally almost on the other side, if not on the other side. And for this episode, I think I'm going to share transparently where I am. You hear me say, I think, (laughs) because again, I'm not quite sure 
how this is going to flow. I actually do have some notes in front of me. They're nowhere near as succinct or extensive as my notes normally are. I also have a couple of notes in my phone that I'm going to actually pull out <laughs> and read. But I am compelled to have this moment with all of us and I'll tell you why in just a moment. But first, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. And once again, it's just you and I, girl, and we are going to just have a girl chat. We're going to just talk because my heart is really burdened for a, a group of women, a specific group of women. And you'll know if this is for you as I go along. My heart is burdened and I just want to have some girl talk. And specifically, I want to talk about what it means to do your work. We hear people say, you got to do your work. And actually, all of us know the idea or the verbiage of do your work was made popular with Ayanla Vincent on her show. Was it called? What was the name of her show? Was her show called Ayanla? I can't remember what the name of the show was, but she often talked about doing your work. I think her opening of the show said, I'm here to help you do your work. I've done my work, something along those lines. But the terminology of doing your work has been around well before the show. It is actually a terminology that mental, um, I don't think Ayanna Van Zandt is a mental health therapist. I don't know for sure, but it is a terminology that mental health therapists, licensed professional counselors and psychologists have used for a long time. And it is necessary for you to do your work. But what I know is a lot of times people don't really know what that means. What does it mean to do your work? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to use a couple of examples of some people that I have worked with that gave me permission, uh, but without breaking their confidentiality. And so I'm going to share. I'm going to also, like I said, share my where I am. And I hope this this moment of vulnerability and these case studies, I like to use case studies. So I'm going to use these two case studies plus me. That's three case studies, hopefully to help you see you. I am going to share with you why we need to do our work or not why I will share that too, but I'm going to share with you how, like, what does that mean? How do you do your work? Whew, so y'all ready? Like I said, I don't know how this is going to flow. I'm just really going to share from my heart. And honestly, I play a lot of different roles and not play. I operate in a lot of different roles. I am a licensed therapist. I'm a certified life coach. I am a first lady at our church. I am in a pastoral role at our church. And so I play or have many different roles that I operate in. Of course, I'm a mom and a wife and a friend and a daughter. Today, normally on the podcast, you hear a lot from me um, from more of a speaker you hear from me as a life coach or as a therapist and sprinkled in with my faith the truth is my faith permeates all aspects of everything i do so whatever role i'm in it is being prayerfully governed by my faith and my walk with jesus but today you might get a little bit more of pastor robin today <laughs> you may get a little bit more of First Lady Robin today. I think I have on my uh, full-blown let's walk in this word hat on today. I think maybe that and clinical Robin. Go here. Let's go here. 
who are these women that I am burdened by? Quite frankly, it is women of faith. Women of faith who know that there is a lot more to life than what they are currently experiencing. The woman who is saying, I love God and I know that he has a plan for me and I know that there is something more for me. I just don't know how to tap into it. The woman who is struggling in her marriage and she is trying to navigate the realities of her marriage, but she's overwhelmed and it feels almost helpless to her. The woman who is frustrated professionally, it doesn't even mean that she hasn't found great success. She's just frustrated professionally and she's trying to hear God or the woman who is trying to navigate parenting, but the thread that runs through all of them are the woman who loves God but just feels like what is missing? Something is missing and I can't put my finger on it. That's the woman I want to speak to today because God really did promise us an abundant life. That's not just a cliche. It's not just good feeling verbiage. It really is a promise from God. But if we're honest, many of us are having a hard time grasping the abundance <laughs> of life. Now we can Stand with life be life in, <laughs> but many of us are struggling with, okay, what does that mean? And many women that I particularly work with, quite frankly, have found some great success. The women who are normally attracted to me or drawn to me are women who found some great success. Like they're winning in some particular area and a lot of them are winning big but there are some areas or an area where they're like girl if people really knew if people really knew what i was dealing with they may think i'm a fraud or they may question whether or not i really am successful but she's showing up and she is making things happen i'm getting ahead of myself she's making things happen but there's something that is plaguing her and so when she hears the terminology, you got to do your work, you got to do your work. Number one, she's like, I ain't got time. I don't have time to do my, what does that even mean? And even whatever it means, I don't have time for it. As a matter of fact, I have a course called the Life Course. And I am revamping even how I present the Life Course. I have the Life Academy. If you've been watching and listening to the podcast, you hear at the end of every podcast, I talk about Life Academy. And I almost wasn't going to put that at the end of this podcast. I'm actually right now making the decision. I'm going to keep it on there. But even Life Academy is going to change. Why? Because women need the support, but a lot of women just can't find the time. And so I want to make it as digestible as possible on the go as bite-sized as possible so that you can get the information because the life course really can change your life but many women are like i want i want to do my work but i don't really know what that means like robin i hear you saying this i i heard ayala for years saying it but i can't sit across from ayala robin i can't get on your schedule so what in the world does it mean to do your work? And I'm going to share. I'm going to share that with you.
today. So again, I am often drawn to, or women that are drawn to me are women who have found great success and they are handling business, y'all. They are making moves. They are showing up looking really good. But there is an area where they are struggling. And this is what I have found. Many women have found great success, but the success has almost distracted them from the areas of their woundedness. Can I say that again? Many women have found great success and they are successful enough that the success has distracted them and others from the wounds that plague them. In other words, they are functional enough that it hides their dysfunction. And on top of that, there has been this big move. Okay, hold on, let's pause because y'all are like, Robin, are we gonna be depressed on here? No, <laughs> let me stop right now. We're not gonna be depressed, but girl, we're just having a sister to sister chat. I wanna just keep it real with you. And I wanna speak to where I know you are. I wanna speak to where I know you are. I wanna address what you are dealing with in the, privacy of your home, as you are taking off your makeup at the end of the day, as you are rushing your children to bed after they've done their homework, when you are driving home to your house that is empty because either your children are grown or you don't have children, uh, maybe you are single, maybe you're divorced, maybe you're widowed and you're driving home to that house and you're thinking about how much the loneliness echoes in the home. I wanna to talk to you about the stuff you're thinking about as you're falling asleep, as you're driving to work in the mornings and you stop over there at Starbucks. Hey, Starbucks, or you stop at Dunkin' Donuts to get that coffee and that thought flutters across your mind. You just shake it off. I wanna address that. So, no, girl, we're not going to be depressed, honey, but we're going to keep it real. We're going to have a real conversation. And so there has been this movement of women empowerment. And honey, I love it. Listen, was it the 70s that had the women's revolution? Oh, I should be shamed of myself. But I've always said that I would have been the woman out there swinging my bra saying, equal rights for women, right? I am woman, hear me roar. I am a girl's girl. I believe in women. As a matter of, I believe in women's empowerment. I believe who runs the world, girls. I believe in women. But there's been this movement of women empowerment and being a boss chick and, and running things. And even this idea now though of, I'm gonna be a boss chick, but I wanna have a soft life as well. And we have somehow married the two. I'm going to be a boss chick, but I'm also going to have a soft life that we have somehow minimized taking care of ourselves to getting a manicure and getting our hair done. That we have worked so hard to succeed and we found success, but we haven't really married the soul care that's necessary to it. And so 
we present well, we present well, but we don't have a lot of vulnerable spaces to admit where we aren't well. And so one or two things happens, either we stay stuck or we pretend. And sometimes we do both. And so I want this just to be a moment for us to be really real because I'm gonna share this truth with you. I have seen many women operate from a place of what I call functional dysfunction. So many women are operating from a place of functional dysfunction that healthy feels foreign. The idea of operating from a healthy place is almost foreign because they have gotten so used to dysfunction that they not even calling it dysfunction. And let me just not talk about y'all. I'm going to talk about me, honey. I can say that for myself as well. There are a, there is a particular area and a couple of areas in my own life that I had normalized so much, called it normal when it was actually dysfunctional. But I had done it for so long that I had normalized it that and I was functioning well, but it was a functional dysfunction. And when I started to get a taste, a glimpse of healthy, healthy felt foreign that I almost wanted to go back. Mm, you see, I'm trying to talk in past tense. Can we just keep it real that I right now almost want to go back to what I was doing, but I'm so clear that what I was doing isn't what God wants for me, that I have to stay in this awkward place of uncertainty as he is healing me so that I can operate in a healthy place. And it's uncomfortable and confusing and I'm unsure and I keep questioning. That's why when I share with you these five steps or these five components of doing your work, that's why you need all five because as you're doing your work, as you are healing, as you are healing this part of your life, whatever part you know I'm speaking to right now, sis, because you know I'm speaking to something, as you are healing in this place, you need these five components of doing your work so that you don't go back to dysfunction. Remember I said, I'm gonna put on Pastor Robin hat for a minute, Pastor Robin's hat for a minute, because if you know the Bible at all, you know the story of the children of Israel and they were in captivity, they were in bondage and Pharaoh set them free. So they get out of captivity with Pharaoh and they move to freedom, but freedom isn't what they thought it was gonna be. They are in the wilderness. And they are in this place that doesn't feel comfortable. Now, it's not slavery. It's not bondage. It's not back where they were. But this place doesn't feel comfortable to the point where they started to complain so much that they were begging to go back to bondage. They were begging to go back to captivity. They actually said, I mean, at least back there, we knew when we were going to eat. At least back there, we knew what we were going to have in front of us. Over here, we got to just trust God. My God, my God, my God. I'm not going to preach to y'all. But over here in the wilderness, I'm having to just trust God. I, let me go back over there to captivity and bondage. I mean, it was hard, but at least I knew what I was doing over there. And that's where some of you are. Some of you are in a place where 
you know where you were wasn't good for you. You know that relationship wasn't good for you. You know he wasn't treating you right. You know that it was downright abusive, but the loneliness is so uncomfortable. You're feeling like, wait a minute, at least I had somebody to hold my hand. <laughs> at least I had a warm body in the bed. Over here, it feels real lonely. Some of you are saying, I know that I felt called to this new role and this new position at this new company, but I don't know all the ups and downs and the ropes over here. And so I'm going to go back to where I was. Now, I know I wasn't getting paid what I was worth over there. And I know I was working crazy hours and I know that I wasn't appreciated over there, but at least I knew how things operate. Let me go back over there. Some of us can find ourselves so uncomfortable in the will because the wilderness is really the in-between the wilderness isn't the promised land and so we get in this wilderness place and it's so confusing and overwhelming and frustrating because we're having to trust that we almost want to go back over here to captivity we can normalize our dysfunction and call it normal call it just what i do this is just this now i know i know this ain't good for me honey but this is how i've always been this is what yes i know that i pop off so easily all the time but if i don't do that i can't let myself be protected and folks think they're going to take um take advantage of me and so yeah i'm going to keep popping off even though i know i am isolating people out of my life and i know i am pushing people out of my life by my temper but at least that is my comfort and it's what i've always done this is just how i am i am defending my dysfunction Whew. so over here today during this podcast i want to help you do your work i want to help you discover what it means to do your work so that you can move from this functional dysfunction to the abundant life that god has promised you and listen the problem is some of us think that abundant means problem free we think the abundant life means no challenges. We think that living a happy life means that everything is going exactly how I want it to go. And that's where you're being deceived. And that's why you're finding yourself frustrated. That's why you're finding yourself bitter because you're thinking that happy means no challenges. And on this side of heaven, sis, there's no such thing as a life with no challenges. When I hear people talking about the soft life, I'm like, girl, you know that that still means you got to work in some capacity. Even I don't necessarily mean a nine to five, honey. You may be independently wealthy, but there's still something that you're going to have to do. And so the soft life or the abundant life or a happy life doesn't mean a problem free life. What it does mean, though, is that you have the resilience and the mindset and the roots to navigate the tough times so that the tough times don't take you out. And so I want to talk to you about what that looks like. How do you do your work? Why in the world do you want to do your work? So when you hear that terminology, <clears throat> do your work, what it means is unpacking your story. This is my definition. Let me say that, girl. Hold on. When I talk about doing your work, my definition of that is that you slow your life down long enough 
that you pause and pay attention so that you can study your story, unpack your patterns so that you can figure out what is helping and what is hindering you so that you know what to hold on to, to continue on your journey and what you need to let go of. Because sis, some of the strategies that you are using in this season of your life are no longer serving you for this season. Those strategies were necessary back then and back there, but you are trying to use the same strategies now and those strategies used to help you, now they are hindering you. And so it means doing your work means slowing your life down long enough to pay attention to your patterns, to pay attention to what you're doing, why you're showing up the way you're showing up, why you're responding to things the way you're responding to things so that you can figure out what is serving you in this season and what isn't so that you can live a life that is rooted in joy, peace, abundance, clarity, wholeness. That's what doing your work means. So I want to share with you a couple of case studies that that pushed me into this. Okay. So I was talking to one of my faves, one of my favorite clients. I was talking to her and I am changing a lot of this information to protect her confidentiality. Well, this particular client, we're just kind of talking through what comes up. And she said, you know, I am just so frustrated because I just cannot find the consistency in my life that I need. Now, I've worked with this particular client for a long time. And so she said that to me before. But when she said it this time, for some reason, it really um, stood out to me. Now, remember, I'm going to share with you the five components of doing your work. And this is a part of it. And I'll, and I'll remember to come back to this when it's time for that. But it stood out to me when she said that. I was like, hold on. I said, you've said that to me before. I just need to be more consistent. I just need to be more consistent. But what's interesting is because we've worked together for a long time, I know that you are consistent in certain areas. And so she was like, really? I was like, yes. Yeah. So I started naming the areas that over this time that we've worked together, that she's been very consistent. Like you're consistent over here, you're consistent over here. Maybe you're very consistent over here. These people over here would definitely describe you as consistent. So when you tell me I am just not consistent, I wonder if that's a fully true statement. So we started to unpack it. And what we discovered as we started to peel back the layers, so this is a part of the process, sis, when you're doing your work, you always want to go a layer deeper. Don't stay on the surface, go a layer deeper. And I'll explain what that means. So we started peeling back the layers, going a layer deeper. And what we discovered, it's not that she wasn't consistent as a blanket statement. What we discovered is that anything that concerned her, she wasn't consistent with. If it concerned anybody else, if it was her family, if it was her friends, if it was her career, if it was in her faith, if it was with her church, if it was with any, anything that had to do with other people or showing up for everybody else, she was very consistent. But if it had to do with taking care of her, she found herself not being consistent. 
So that is where we lean in. What is it about you that allows you to put you on the back burner? Honey, can you imagine how much good work that does? How much that begins to reveal? When did you or where did you learn to not prioritize you? What does that say about what you say about you? What does that speak to when it comes to how you value you? You see how when you pause your life to pay attention to your patterns, you will discover some answers to what's really going on in your life. We can defend our dysfunction so much so that healthy feels foreign. Because what she realized is, girl, I have been saying I'm not consistent all this time. Well, no, it's not that I'm not consistent. I'm not consistent with the things that concern me. And so now I can begin to ask myself why. And as we peel back the layers, we got to the bottom of it. It was an issue with how she sees her, the value and worth she places on her. Let's go on to another case study because, girl, some of y'all are like, Robin, Robin, I wasn't your client. So why are you in my business? But let's go on because I'm going to get in your business some more. So then another case study, I'm talking to another client and it's very similar to the first client. She takes care of business. Like I said, I'm a tr women are attracted or drawn to me. The women that are drawn to me are often women who are pretty successful, baby. They're taking care of business. They're handling things on the outside looking in. They're winning or from the outside looking in, people are like, she is the bomb. She got it going on. Like, oh my God, they see her as a boss chick. And she is, y'all, that's what's so crazy about it. The women, these women that I'm describing, not just these case studies, but the women who are drawn to me, they are boss chicks. They really are bad to the bone. I am so old. They really are bad to the bone. They really are dope, like really, really dope. But I want you to understand this. You can be dope and, you can be dope and. The women of Transforming Faith Church, the church my husband and I pastor, the women are called freed women. I call them freed women. And I challenge them to remember that freed women free women. And why do I say that? Because once you get free in a certain area, you have an obligation and an anointing to go help another sister get free. And you can help that woman get free in a certain area. But here's what's so powerful about that. While you are helping her get free in a different area, she can help you get free in an area because we all have places where we can grow. So these women that I'm talking about are dope women, dope women, and they have some challenges, dope women, and they have some dysfunction, dope women, and they have some wounds. They are dope and it's not either or. And I'm talking to you now, you are dope and you are dope and you have some patterns that have been sabotaging you. So the second case study, this chick, she's dope, 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 dope. She is amazing. What's so funny is that so many of my clients, they could be my friends. I have to, we always have to remind each other, we're not friends, we're not friends. This is client therapist. But the connection can be so powerful because therapy is a very personal journey and I'm attracted to women who are a lot like me. And so I feel a connection. I feel, I feel a kindred spirit. So this chick is dope, right? She's dope and she's dope and she has trauma deep deep trauma that she has succeeded herself 
away from that she had convinced herself it was no longer impacting her life. Clip that up. Clip that up and put that on Instagram. Let, can I go ahead and give it to you again? And I'm going to generalize it and make it about all of us. Some of us have succeeded ourselves, we believe, so far away from our trauma or our drama that we have convinced ourselves that it is no longer impacting who we are. And that is one of the biggest myths, the biggest lies we can tell ourselves. So my client has succeeded herself away, she thought, from her trauma. But she too was like, girl, I just can't figure out why I can't prioritize myself, why I'm not taking care of myself. She was like, this is the part though. This is the part, the reason why I'm using her. She said, so much so, Robin, when I find myself doing things that I enjoy, I almost feel fraudulent because I'm like, girl, you haven't succeeded enough that you are allowing yourself to do that, girl. You still got some work to do. You have another layer to get to. How dare you sit over here and chill out like you have time to waste? She would feel fraudulent when she would prioritize herself, when she would just have time with her girls, when she would go on vacation, when she felt guilty whenever she enjoyed herself, just enjoyed life because of that childhood stuff when we peel back the layers so when she said i listened to key words so when she said i almost feel like i am cheating on myself i said ding 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 let's go there let's go there i almost feel like i'm cheating on myself i feel like i'm not that i am allowing myself to get away with something that i shouldn't be getting away with because i haven't gotten to this goal that i have so as we began to peel back the layers, we began to recognize that again, it was a way she was seeing herself that wasn't rooted in truth that was causing her to overwork herself. I know, sis, I know, I know I'm in your business, girl. I told you we were having girl chat. Okay, can I talk about me a little bit? Oh, I don't wanna talk about me, but can we talk about me? As I was thinking about this session, and again, I'm just kind of sharing. This is just girl talking. As I, you hear me say session, because this is a session. <laughs> I am not your therapist. I am not your therapist. You have not paid a copay. <laughs> but let's talk about me for a little bit. Remember, I said that I often share from a place of I've gotten through this, and I'll share all my stuff, honey, but it's the stuff that I've gotten through. But even for me right now, when I talk about functional dysfunction, I am, and you've heard me say, a very independent chick. I am, woman, hear me roar. I do not like the idea of depending on anybody. I don't like it. And over the many years that I've done my work and I've sat with a counselor or a coach or um, mentors, um, pastoral leaders over the many years, I have done enough processing to understand where that comes from. Why am I so 
fiercely independent. It's a running joke, even at our church, it's a running joke because my husband has said many times over the pulpit, if I ask him to do something, if he hesitates, as soon as he hesitates, my statement is, that's okay, uh, that's okay, I'll do it, I'll take care of it. I am fiercely independent. But like I said, I've done the work to understand where that has come from. But while I've understood where it's come from, it's only as of recent uh, that I have discovered how it has impacted even my relationship with God. I am discovering right now, y'all, I'm in the midst of this right now. I'm not on the other side. I am in that in-between this place that was completely dysfunctional. And I'm starting to recognize, it's like my eyes are opening up to the dysfunction. So I'm moving over here to ultimately this promised land where I am no longer in that dysfunctional place. I'm in a healthy place, but the healing journey is that in between that wilderness. And it is very, uncomfortable. And let me tell you something about this functional dysfunction. I want to make sure I say this. What's so crazy about the functional dysfunction? There is enough truth in it. There's enough um, truth in it. I'm trying to think of another language. There's enough truth in it. There's enough um, worth in it that it can deceive you into believing that it's okay. It can deceive you into believing that's okay because I am proud of being an independent woman. I'm proud of that. I am proud of the fact that I can take care of myself. I am trying to raise independent daughters. I don't want daughters who think that they have to wait on somebody else to do something for them. I don't want to raise entitled children. I don't want to raise daughters who believe that they can't live their life unless they have a husband. I want them to... Um, feel secure in themselves. I want them to have an internal locus of control. I want them to know who they are. And so I'm proud of all those things about me, but even with the thread of truth, it has become distorted by the enemy. And so God has begun to show me how I have independent myself out of dependence on him. Ah, I put myself out there now. I have become so, I got it. And I wasn't conscious of it, but it was, I got it, not just from my husband, uh-uh, baby, I got it. <laughs> not just from friends. Like I've told y'all before, my friends have said, Robin, I'm not gonna fight you to help you. I'm not gonna fight you to help you. Um, even, yeah. So I have, uh, been resistant to being dependent, definitely in earthly relationships, but God has shown me, baby girl, you have even been resistant to dependence on me. And so I have had this thread that goes beneath the surface of my life that I am responsible for me. And while there is truth to that, the enemy has distorted it to where I think I am responsible for me and that God 
isn't responsible for me. Now, I would never have said that, but that is how my life was playing out. I got it. I'll handle it. I'll work out. I'll, I'll trust you with what I can see. God, I'm doing this and I'm going to trust you with it. Not God. I am going to trust you to show me all of how to even do it. I have allowed this functional dysfunction to permeate my life. That total dependence on, I'm about to put myself out there. Everybody hold on. I'm about to put myself out there. I have allowed this functional dysfunction to permeate my life so much that full, total, unwavering, unwavering dependence on God feels unhealthy to me. It feels foreign. It's like, wait a minute. No, now, wait, now, what now? Hold on. Wait, what? Like, it feels very uncomfortable to totally, totally, totally surrender. And God has been so gentle with me as he's began to reveal this to me. My time, I'm going too long with this. So I want to rush through this. And so forgive me if it feels um, rushed from this point on. I didn't mean for us to be on here this long. But God has been so gentle with me as he's began to slowly show this to me, slowly open my eyes to how unhealthy I've been functioning. And he began to show it to me. My husband and I went on a, a marriage retreat and there was an exercise that we had to do where I was blindfolded and my husband had to guide me through this path. And it was, I've been with my husband for 21 years. We've been together 30 years. We've been married 21 years. And if anybody knows me, you know, I don't play when it comes to Lee May, honey. I love me some Lee May and he's good to me and he takes care of us. And I know that I can trust him cognitively. I don't question my trust in him, but that exercise revealed that I could not relinquish and trust him to guide me. Y'all, I was walking so slow. I, it was like, it was such a eye-opening experience for him and I, and I'll maybe unpack that another time. But what's so powerful about it, when we got to the end of the path and we all, it was several couples and we were the last ones to get there, which was embarrassing, which was even a part of this revelation I began to get. But as we started to unpack it, what was interesting is that my husband didn't personalize it. He said, I, it just helped him to see how much I depend on me. And that even though he's trying to say, baby, cause he couldn't touch me, he couldn't hold my hand. He had to just guide me with his words. And as I'm going through this process with him, I'm like, God is speaking to me during this process. Like you won't even let me do it, Robin. Surely you're not gonna let him do it. You won't even let me do it. Functional dysfunction. And so I began to realize God is gently showing me I want to get you over here to where you don't feel like it all depends on you. Ain't nobody told me it all depends on me. When I say all, I mean everything. I just think it all depends on me. And God's like, I'm trying to get you over here where you can trust, baby girl. I got it. You can resign from being the co-founder of the universe. <laughs> Robin, you can resign from being the co-founder of the universe. I got it. I don't need your hand in all of it. And it is a journey that is scary and beautiful all at the same time. So how do you do your work? 
how do you do your work? I'm going to go here because I think this is going to be a, a series. Actually, next week, I am going to do a quick episode. It'll be a very quick episode. I was going to talk about it today, but I don't think I have time today. So next week, I am going to talk about five reasons you should practice pausing. Five reasons you should practice pausing. And then the week after that, and I might reverse this, so don't hold it to me. The week after that, I'm going to talk about the benefits of self-awareness, the benefits of self-awareness. I was going to include all of that into this episode, but I'm going to stop here and I'm going to just share with you, what do we mean by doing your work? How do you do your work? I hope those two case studies helped you understand how we can function well enough. We can succeed ourselves to a place of thinking that we are no longer operating from a place of dysfunction. And it doesn't mean you aren't dope. Remember, you're dope and there are some areas of your life where you can continue to evolve. I told my client the other day, I said, your process of self-discovery, healing, and self-awareness doesn't have an expiration date. As long as you are still here, you're on the journey. There's always going to be more to be revealed. Now, let me say this. This just came to my mind before I give you these five steps. Let me just say this. We can also even overdo self-awareness. We can also overdo self-awareness. We can be so so self-aware that it becomes ridiculous. Like, girl, chill out, relax, stop overthinking. But the journey does not have an expiration date. Okay, so how? How do you do the work? How do you do the work? Number one, you have to practice the pause. If you've been following me on Instagram, you know I'm always saying slow your life down long enough. We have to intentionally pause our lives long enough to pay attention to what we are doing and why we are doing it. So you want to practice the pause. You want to intentionally find time in your life that you wusa and pause. Stop running on the rat race. Stop going so fast. Give your brain time to slow down. Allow your logical brain and your feeling brain to merge together. Allow yourself to even think your thoughts. Journal. Get the stuff out of your head. Number one, if you're going to do your work, you have to practice pausing. I'm telling you, you cannot do your work if you're not pausing. If you're just constantly on the rat race, if you, and, and pausing doesn't have to mean an hour every day. It can literally mean at the end of your day, you set your timer for five minutes and you breathe. One of my favorite apps is the pause app. It's the pause app. Now, it's, it's spiritually deep, okay? So if you're not ready for that, if you're like, Robin, that's too deep for me, girl. There are plenty other ones. I've never used the Calm app. I've never used that one. I know but that is one, but I love the Pause app. It has one-minute pauses where you're just breathing and reconnecting with God. It has a three-minute pause, five-minute, even has 10-minute pauses. So even if you just turn on the Pause app and at the end of the day, you decompress for five minutes. Give yourself a chance to catch your breath. 
even if you just get a book that has prompt questions and maybe once a week for 15 minutes, you take some time to journal an answer to one of those prompt questions. When you drive home and you drive into the neighborhood, if you know your house is popping and it's cranking there, pull over in the gas station and turn on some jazz music and just pause. I really want you to turn on some Christian instrumental, but you do you boo and just breathe. So in order to do your work, you have to practice pausing. You cannot live on autopilot. You cannot live in the rat race constantly and think you're going to be able to do your work. So that's number one. Number two, I cannot believe this episode has gone this long. I'm so sorry, y'all. I did not mean for it to go this long. Number two, you have to examine your patterns. You have to examine your patterns. Our patterns can be problematic, but the issue is that they are so automatic that we haven't taken time to even consider if they're working for us. What do I mean by our patterns? How we show up, what we do, how we respond, what the triggers are. Our patterns can be so automatic that we never take time to consider if they're problematic. You already know I'm gonna give it to you again. Our patterns, how we flow, what we do, how we respond, our patterns can be so automatic that we never pause long enough to consider if they are problematic. If what we are doing and how we're showing up and how we're responding, is this serving my life? Have I even taken time to consider who is this woman I ultimately want to be? And is my life guiding me toward this higher ever evolved person? Is what you are doing serving you? So number two, you have to examine your patterns. You have to pay attention to what you're doing to see if it's serving you. Number three, you have to practice. Now, you don't have to do anything. I'm very careful with my terminology. You don't have to do anything. So when you hear me say that, I'm saying if you want to do your work, these are the steps. Number one, practice pausing. Number two, examine your patterns. Number three, Engage in courageous curiosity. Engage in courageous curiosity. You want to be curious about what you do, not judgmental. Literally lean in with a lens of curiosity. In the life course, I I teach this idea of curiosity. You're literally getting a lens or a, um, a magnifying glass or a, like if you're in a lab and you get a magnifying glass and you're looking at your life through a lens of curiosity, like, girl, how long have you been a people pleaser? When, when was the first time you remember saying yes when you really wanted to say no? Or when was the last time? What were you feeling when you did that? Um, why, why did you stay in that relationship that you knew was unhealthy for you? We're not judging. We're not judging. I just want to know why. What were you telling yourself? Um, Robin, why do you feel that you can't depend on anybody else but you? What What are you afraid is, would happen if you depended on somebody else? If you ask for help, Robin, what, what are you afraid would happen if you asked for help? Whew. Let me get off my business. So number one, 
Practice the pause. Number two, examine your patterns. Number three, engage in courageous curiosity. Be curious about your life. Number four, solidify your values. Listen, I work with people who are not faith-based. And so I often use this terminology of values because that's really what it is. I believe when you don't honor your deepest values, you'll always have an undercurrent of life dissatisfaction. I believe that. But I'm talking to women of faith today specifically. And so when I talk about your values, what I really mean is, do you really live your life in a way that honors what you say you believe about God? Because that's your values. Your spiritual journey is your value system. So when I say solidify your values, you got to get clear. Do you really believe that God is the head of your life? Listen, many of us need a supernatural encounter in order to uproot some of the belief systems that have permeated our life because they have nothing to do with God. It's really rooted in our trauma. It's rooted in lies that we've told ourselves but they are so intertwined with truth that we don't know how to get that lie out. And many of us need a supernatural encounter, but we're not putting ourselves in position for that type of transformation. So you need to ask yourself, what do I really believe? You have to solidify your values. Now, if you happen to be listening to this and you're not a woman of faith, you too need to solidify your values, what governs your life, because doing your work means honoring your values. And then number five, you have to get into intentional circles. So you heard me say a lot during our time of this is a part of doing your work. And what I meant is you have to get intentional circles around you, people in your life who will help you challenge what you have been believing, help you ask yourself the tough questions, hold up a mirror so that you can see you challenge you telling me this is your goal, but this is what you're doing. You have to get in intentional circles, whether it's in therapy, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in your friend group, whether it's at your church, you have to get in intentional circles. I have people in my life who can ask me the tough questions so that I can get the answers to what I really need so that I can navigate this journey. Some of it, yes, I have to do alone. Yes, some of it you have to do alone, but you don't have to do it all alone. You need to have intentional circles with people who can help you see what you don't see. So in order to do your work, it means practicing pausing. You can do this now right away. You can practice pausing. You can examine your path. Okay, so this is this is what I wanted to share with you. Again, some of you are listening to me and the dysfunction has been uh, minimized so much, you are calling what's dysfunctional functional. But I want you to understand the part, the process starts with identifying your pain points in your life. I want you to identify what are the pain points, because watch this, the pain will reveal the problem. When you lean in and you're curious and you're pausing your life and you're curious about this particular pain point in your life, significant or insignificant, when you pay attention to that, you can uncover, peel back the layers, go a layer deeper to identify the problem that is contributing to the pain. So a lot of times let's say you have a headache, you have a headache, 
your head is hurting, your head is hurting. You're like, what is going on? And maybe you take an aspirin and it doesn't get rid of the headache and you got to figure out what's going on. Maybe you're dehydrated. Maybe you're tired. You're trying to get to the problem. So the pain reveals the problem. Watch this. But when you are intentional, the problem will guide you to God's promise over your life. And then when you see the promise over your life, that promise often will push you towards a greater purpose. So the pain will reveal the problem. The problem will guide you to his promise and his promise will point you towards purpose. That's why you got to do your work, sis. Do your work so that you can live out your purpose. All right, girl, I hope that this has helped you. I hope it has been an aha for you. I hope that you have some takeaways. Can you do me a favor, honey? This was a vulnerable moment for me. So can you DM me, honey, and let me know if this helped you? Can you comment on YouTube? If you're watching this on YouTube, can you subscribe to the channel? We're just like 20 people away from our 500 people goal that are subscribed to the channel. So can you subscribe? Tell your friends to subscribe. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, can you please, please, please leave me a review? Let folks know about this, honey. This this could be a good session for you to, or podcast for you to talk about with your friends. Y'all listen to it and you unpack it. That's it for now. Until next time, take care. And remember, I'm here to help you elevate not just what you do, but who you are. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. Listen, these conversations are to help you live intentionally, fully engaged, to help you elevate not just what you do, but who you are. And listen, I am committed to being in the trenches with you. If you haven't already, make sure you head on over to youcanlivelife.com slash academy. Yes, girl, the Academy doors are open. This is where you get to dive into further conversations on our podcast topics. We get to dive into the trenches of the life course, the course that I have created to help you create the life that you long for. And we get to have monthly office hours where you can ask me any questions you have about all of this. Girl, Life Academy is where we can do life together. So head on over to youcanlivelife.com slash academy.